Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm Mr. Davis, and I am assisted on this episode. This Royal Rumble Go Home episode. It's the start of the most magical time of the year for a wrestling fan. Lukewarm Luke Owen. Hello, Swap Nation, and a hello to you, Mr. Davis. How the devil are you? I'm not changing it up. I'm just getting it right. How the devil am I? Well, Blue Monday was last Monday. That is typically the time of the year when everyone gives up on their New Year's optimism. Apparently, it's not a thing in the States. Uh, yes, I heard this. Where did I hear this from? That like this is actually just a UK only thing. Probably our Twitter feed when we wished everyone uh, a happy Blue Monday, and ninety percent of the comments were were United States people going, "What Blue <laughs> Monday? Uh-huh. Are we celebrating? Are we celebrating the band Blue Monday because they were, you know, they were good. The song Blue Monday. Yes. What am I thinking? I'm thinking of New Order. New who Order. Wrote the song Blue Monday. Damn it. I saw them once at Glastonbury, cancelled mm-hmm. again this year, uh, and everyone left. <laughs> oh, that's such gone. a oh no! But they've got a ba- they've got a banging back catalogue. They've they got a great back cat. Well, yeah, they a member of them was yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's they had a banging back catalogue. In fact, I was recording my own podcast the other day, uh, like last night, in fact, and John Barnes was the celebrity guest that was on an episode of Games Master, and. Every time I see John Barnes, all I can think of is you've got to hold it on and do it at the right time. You can be slow or fast, must you must get to the line. Like it's it's world in motion. And I I mean, maybe this is a controversial topic. It may be a better song than Three Lions. It's the hipster's choice of contrarian. 
<laughs> and one I would expect for someone who maintains that The Dark Knight is an average movie. I didn't say it's an average movie. I said it's a good movie. It, That's, it, it it's a three-star three film. I'm not going to apologize for that opinion. It is a three-star film. Anyway, we do the Blue Monday. And all last week, I'm saying, cockily, <laughs> I have sailed through Blue Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm full of life. I'm super productive. I'm still exercising. I haven't missed a good habit this year. I've done skincare every day, which I've been tracking on a little app called Habit to, that shows I, I have unbro an unbroken streak of skincare. You're very good for that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But I think like you need like the app. It's almost like not a game, but it certainly means like you almost need to be rewarded. You need the app to tell you, good job. Yeah. You did it. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what. No, it's totally a game. Anyway, I thought I was doing well, but then the weekend hit and just I just got so tired. And oh, mate. this led to me watching the entirety of Bling Empire in a sub-24 hour period. What's Bling Empire? Bling Empire just came out on Netflix about a week ago, and it is about, you know, crazy rich Asians. Oh, great film. Great film. It's that via the Kardashians. Is it a reality show? It's a structured reality TV show about mm. some incredibly wealthy Asian people living in uh, Los Angeles. And yeah, I watched nine hours of it. Oof. I mean, I've just started watching New Girl for the first time. And last night I finished recording my podcast. I went downstairs and saw my wife and she was like, do you want to, should we start a new show on Apple TV? And I was like, because we now finished, well, we finished the morning show Apple now. So TV. Yeah. Well, we finished the morning show. So we're looking for like our next thing to fall into while we've still got a free subscription to, to Apple. And I was like, oh, yeah, gonna, but it's going to renew. There's nothing yeah, you by, can do about it. By accident. I'll forget. It's like June 29th or something, but I'll forget. Uh, it's, and it took us like six months to watch the morning show. But I said, I was like, nah, do you know what? I just fancy watching New Girl. Just we'll watch like three episodes of New Girl. Then we'll go to bed. Oh. And what we did. Oh, we, we, I mean, we get to bed about sort of like 10, half 10-ish. Like if we're really pushing it, half 10. Get upstairs. Do our teeth. I, I mean, I'm in a routine at the moment, so like, I'm not, I'm not bragging here, but um, I'm, I'm doing this push-up thing, mm. where I'm doing push-ups every day, but I'm adding one to the amount of push-ups that I'm doing. So on the first of January, I did one. Today, I'll be doing 26, but I'm also doing 26 crunches and I'm doing 26 squats. Um, and so I do those while my wife goes up and does her teeth. Then I go upstairs, put a little podcast on. And we uh snuggle a little bit chat and then we do some spooning and go right to sleep so i can get up at half past five and edit some podcasts oh yeah the dream <laughs> you, you're gonna do 26 consecutive mm. i break them up i do sort of like 10 10 and 6 is like that that's the way i'm currently doing it at the moment when i was doing this the first time back in october i was just doing it as one straight thing of just doing like 26 in a row but i got to about 25 before i gave up on it so i'm actually doing way better than i did back in october when are you, when's it going to level off? When are you like, that is the amount of reps for me? My aim is to get to 100. That's a long workout. Yeah, I, well, this is, I was talking to Pete about this just before Christmas. And I was like, my worry is I'll get bored. Like, mm. I, you know, I'll get to sort of like 45 and think like, it's another 55 of these to go yet. 
unless you do the audiobook method. You did this before, right? Where you were only allowed to listen to an audiobook, which you were interested in when you were exercising. Which I could do. But the problem is my my exercise, I mean, it took me like eight minutes to do like my, you know, to do 25 yesterday. So can you really get sucked into like eight minutes of, of like an audio, of an audio book? I'm just doing podcasts at the moment. When you're doing a hundreds, I think you're. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when I get to 100, I mean, it's going to take me frigging hours. Um, right, anyway, we've got to get into the main show itself because there's an email I really want to read before we get out of this show. Uh, we're going to talk about Raw. Shouldn't take long. Here's the show. Are we getting Alexa Bliss versus... Edge. I'm Mr. Davis. This is Lukewarm Luke Owen. Welcome to the Go Home Royal Rumble edition of Monday Night Raw. You wouldn't know it from watching it. Nope. Where was the big brawl where, where everyone gets thrown over the top rope? Dude, they did the one spot where R-Truth threw AJ Styles out of the ring. Well, if that was in a Royal Rumble match, AJ Styles would be eliminated right now. So they did that spot. You don't need to, you know, don't need to hammer it home. You don't need to fill an entire show with that. The hurt business are infighting already. Why does that not factor in to the possibility of them all coming up against each other in the rumble? Because they're not winning the rumble. And like, the, I, did any are any of them in the rumble? I don't know. I don't know. I think I Lashley's think, in it. Daniel Bryan's in the rumble. <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure Lashley is in the Rumble. I think they said that on this show. Well, it doesn't matter. You know, my favorite, everyone's favorite match of the year, the Royal Rumble. We had, a, I guess there was one big part. Uh, Edge has announced that he is going to be a competitor in it. I guess you could have almost had the third surprise Edge return. You know, obviously there's 2010, which we just reviewed on Wrestle Talk Extra for Patreons exclusively. Go over and listen to that. Uh, we had last year. I think it would have been quite nice to save this Edge announcement for the actual reveal of him coming out. So uh, Sean teased this. Apparently he's got a, re uh, a report coming up on Fightful Select this week, which is uh, as the real reason as to why WWE are announcing, because they're also announcing number one, number two, and number 30 on backstage, I think. So like they're doing a lot of like, kind of removing the surprise element of the rumble, I guess. Because mm. I, I was I was genuinely very surprised when they were just like, oh, Edge just goes, oh, I'm in the rumble this year. That's my return to the ring is at the rumble. Because I, yeah, I would have said that to be a big surprise. Uh, also surprise, surprise sponsorship. This stream is sponsored by Beer52. Go over to beer52.com forward slash wrestle talk for a free case of eight craft beers. UK yes, viewers, it is. look at this old mate pale ale. I am excited to dive into this little orange beauty. Uh, we will be sampling that later in the stream. So back to Edge, he, yeah. So I, I think it would have been nicer to have the surprise, but I, I get why they did it. And that there wasn't much else to build the rumble. This is, I think, this is the biggest promo angle. For the whole pay-per-view so far right for the actual rumble well, match that is that's it yeah because i was saying this to denise on uh friday's show that 
for my money, I can't see anyone from Raw winning either of the two Rumbles at the moment. It feels like SmackDown is building potential winners for the Rumble, whether that is Cesaro, Brian, or Nakamura as sort of like, here are, here are some guys that are actually getting some, they're getting a bit of a role going. Like they're actually doing quite well. AJ, I feel like is the only guy on Raw that feels like he's got some momentum going into the Rumble because he's won his last three matches and they were at least against different people, which is not the same. The same could not be said for a lot of people on Raw. But like from the women's side of things, I feel like it's Charlotte has said she's in the Rumble, so that kind of gives her momentum. But the, like it's certainly not going to be Lacey Evans. It's not going to be Peyton Royce. It's not going to be Dana Brooke or Mandy Rose or Nia Jax or Shayna Baszler. There's like all these women who just feel like they've got nothing going on. So I feel like the, the SmackDown side of things are actually building the Rumble matches, whereas Raw is like, hey, get excited about Goldberg versus Drew. That's what you're tuning into this show to be excited about that and what might happen with Randy Orton. Yeah, so that brings us on to the next part of this wacky thumbnail and title that we've concocted. Because there's a few moving parts. You've got Edge announcing himself to return to the Rumble in his promo, which was very good, by the way. It was that sort of one he's done before where he's crouched in the corner of the ring, speaks very candidly and sincerely to the camera. He recapped his feud with Orton and the greatest match backlash ever that they had together, which put him on the shelf. So you've got to be like, well, okay, Edge and Orton. Orton's in the Rumble. That's going to be a confrontation in the actual Rumble match. But then you look what happened with Randy on this show. And you think, okay, well, maybe there's something else at play here. So what happened with Orton was in the main event, we had Bliss versus Asuka for the Raw Women's title. So Bliss beat Asuka in a non-title match last week. She gets the title match here. I hate that booking, but that's what we've got. It was a supernatural stupidness. Um, if you liked the supernatural stuff, great for you. It's certainly working for the YouTube clips, uh, although I don't think that's indicative of any sense of quality, what people click on. Look at us. People click <laughs> on us. You've clicked on us. We're no good. Oh, we're so, rubbish. So Bliss ends up almost having the match won. We'll talk about the other bits later, but for the purpose of this conversation. Bliss nearly has the match won. She's turned into Lady Fiend. She's got the mandible claw on Asuka. Looks like she's going to win. And who should appear behind her but burnt Randy Orton, where he's got a sort of bit of tomato ketchup on his face? Yeah, so uh, as a correction from last week's episode, as a lot of people uh, pointed this out to me, so I said first degree birds were quite bad. As mm. it was pointed out by many people, it's not. Apparently, it's, a, it's just like a bad case of sunburn. And as someone who gets burnt, who gets sunburned by standing near a light bulb, I can appreciate what Randy Orton is, is actually going through. Like if I go on holiday, my, my holiday is I will have one day by the pool. I get my one day because then I just burn. So the rest of the time I'm by the pool, but I'm scared of the sun. And I'm essentially just moving around the parasol around me in a 360 degree motion to block the sun from getting to me. Scuttling like a beetle. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I, I now know I can now actually sympathize with Randy Orton. I didn't have a fireball thrown in my face, but I've been sunburnt before. So Orton's standing behind Bliss from out of nowhere, looking like he's just gone to town on a pizza. And he hits an RKO on Bliss, you know, because Randy is kind of a sort of leader in the violence against women uh, kayfabe thing on WWE. Yeah. Hit an RKO on Nia Jax all those years ago. 
he gets one a year and this is how he's choosing to use them. And he hit one on Beth Phoenix in the lead up to the edge match. So he's, he's you know, he's got one per year and he decided to use it, cash it in early. And but some people are calling it the best RKO ever from a technical standpoint. Well, from a technical standpoint, because Bliss is so short to be able to, to go down. <laughs> I still think, even from a technical standpoint, the Matt Seidel one. Yes, like, of, he did that from a. Of course, that's the of best. Of course, one. it's that. Or also the Seth Rollins one with the stomp into. Yeah, I'm being facetious, but Randy Orton attacked Bliss. Of course, this is going to play into some sort of fiend involvement with Randy. So now we've got Randy feuding with Bliss and the Fiend and with a returning edge. And I feel like this is all going to coalesce. There's a long preamble to say it's all going to coalesce at the Rumble match, the men's Rumble match, this Sunday, because let me cast your minds back to November and the very reliable Wrestle votes. WrestleMania update. Sources say that while Edge versus Randy Orton has been the long-standing plan and still is at the moment, the idea of Edge versus The Fiend has been discussed a great deal for the show. Then another follow-up tweet. Further, the source states the initial idea came up as names were thrown around as possible opponents for a Wyatt and Bliss team at Mania. And Edge and Beth Phoenix were mentioned. Source states both matches are unlikely. Autumn versus Edge remains the plan as of now. But that's always been in the back of my head as like, oh, I can totally see WWE booking Fiend and Bliss versus Edge and Phoenix. And now and now those stars uh, maybe won't happen, but they seem to be aligning. And I mean, I, you, I wasn't on the show when Goldberg came back, but Goldberg's whole promo about how like you're disrespecting legends to Drew, even though it felt like it was a promo for Randy Orton, did make me think, well, maybe the plan for Mania is they're going to do Randy Goldberg. Like that is, you know, because Goldberg's got a couple of, I think he's got two matches this year. So you do Randy Goldberg at Mania and yeah, which would have been free up to do Edge and Phoenix versus Fiend and Bliss. Yeah, I mean, that's... I... What do you what do you think about that match? The, what, the, Randy the Goldberg? Tag, no, the tag, the oh. gender tag match. <sighs> I, I I did not like this main event, and mm. I am a bit over Alexa Bliss's magic mm-hmm. because there's only so long that we can do. We're getting fans back in for Mania, and you're not going to be able to do it like in a couple of months' time. So. Like in a storyline world, why does she stop doing it? And like I thought, the rocking horse thing was proper preposterous, I, and the, the changing of outfit mid match. It just it just feels it it's just there to remind me that none of this is real, and it kind of made me roll my eyes. But also, it doesn't help the fact that I don't feel like the storyline is ever going like it's not a, like advancing. And I also hated the fact that as soon as the show, as soon as the match was announced, I was like, well, that's not ending in a clean finish. Like that's got DQ written all over it. Mm. So, yeah, I, I, so I'm not massively into the Bliss thing at the moment. Nothing against her. It's a, I think it's more against the, the company. So I'm not entirely enthused by that either. I think I'm more into Edge versus Fiend straight up than I am an intergender tag match. Oh, you know, they, 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 can't, they can't just give you a straight up singles match like that. You know, that as soon as Bliss joined the Fiend act, 
McMahon has surely just been like, well, they've got to have a tag match against a similar male-female combo. Cena Nikki Bella, surely. (laughs) Cast your mind back. (laughs) This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature sleep number smart beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together jd power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store and now save 50 percent on the sleep number limited edition smart bed for a limited time for jd power 2023 award information visit jdpower.com awards only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com hey it's Paige desorbo from giggly squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Do you like quizzes? Do you like wrestling? Do you like watching self-professed experts in their fields being exposed as dangerous frauds? Then you'll love Quizzle Mania, brought to you by Parts Known, the team behind acclaimed wrestling RPG No Rolls Barred. Join us every week as four wrestling pundits pit their knowledge against each other in a cerebral wrangle for prizes, glory, and a bit of good old-fashioned escapism. Enjoy the videos live every Wednesday on Parts Known's YouTube channel, or subscribe right now to have them beam straight to your mobile device. Quizzlemania, it's the showcase of the Immorons. (laughs) 
Well, let's see what you guys think. JobberJJ496 says, Hello lads, sorry I don't have a million dollars for you, but what I do have is an idea. Make up teenage crazy bliss and killer clown fiend wins Royal Rumble. So the fiend wins the men's and bliss wins the women's and win all the gold. Blimey. Ah, right. So later on, Peacock can do a Firefly special. What's with Randy RKO in women at this time of year? It just It's just a thing he does. It's his usual spot. So I guess this is the news of WWE Network going to NBC's platform. And then, yeah, we could get little Firefly specials. You were the first person I thought of when that news broke. Because I was like, this is the one year where Ollie Davis did not predict that WWE would sell the network on our prediction show. Like, you've been predicting that for the last five years. And this was the year that they actually did it, and you did not say it. And it was so soon. I'm taking that as a win, though. (laughs) Pretending I did. Uh, Everybody, by the way, wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Uh, Get your hyper chats in. We'll read out every single one of them before the end of the show. The Jam won Ryan B. Jam. Drew wants the match. WWE want the market. Therefore, Jinder to win the Rumble? Hashtag darkest timeline. We are actually competing against WWE at the moment because they've got their superstar spectacular or spectacle on at the moment. Although, thankfully, we're up against an ad break. So I'd imagine a lot of people are, are switching over from the ad break to us to see what we've got to say. The Tuesday afternoon wars. <laughs> It'll go it's down about time. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I think Jinder will feature in the Rumble match, surely. Um, and then maybe he'll do something to set up. I, I think we'll get Jinder versus... Drew eventually. I just don't know when that will be. Charles Probably Bird. Probably fast lane. Fast lane is about the right time to do it. Yeah. yeah. Charles Berg. Of all the episodes of Monday Night Raw I've watched, this was one of them. I'd say yet another inconsequential episode that furthers nothing. Uh, Ollie, Mr. Davis, thank you. I'd say beware of Fakador, but he proved that while he's unaffected by the continuity, he's really dumb. Yeah, Fakador's dumb. Uh, Tyler Woodward, uh, finally for now. Send the talent black hole Mrs. Bocchi McBotchface back to the performance center so she can learn to work and bump. I pop every time she takes a bump because that is more rare than a good Ms. TV segment. So this is obviously in reference to uh, the Nia Jack spots, which legit mm. made me go, uh, yeah. this morning when she, when uh, Dana Brooke took that bump. Because, I mean, that whole segment was an absolute disaster from oh. pretty much from start to end. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to dive into that. But before we do, of course, get all your hyper chats into WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one of them before the end of the show. Also, let's dive into this. Old mate beer. Wait for for the foley. Oh, Oh, satisfying. The mist actually got me in the face. Uh, So this is from beer52.com forward slash wrestle talk. Go over there, UK viewers only, and you'll get a free case of eight craft beers. We'll be enjoying these on our Rumble stream too. I've got a day, mate. That's from Australia. It's five percent, by the way. Just for <laughs> I got quite drunk last week in the afternoon after finishing it off after our AEW stream. Let's have a go. Well, what's your tasting notes? I mean, I love this. This is I, I, I'm a big fan of a pale ale, and this is a really, really delightful one. It's very light. Mm. Like it doesn't feel like particularly frothy. It's like that and that hiss that you got at the start there. Mm. 
Oh, it doesn't taste alcoholic either. Just like a, a lovely a lemony froth. Feels like I'm drinking a lemon meringue. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, let's get I on. That. Let's get, is it? Lemon meringue? Lemon meringue pie is my favorite dessert. Yeah. I once made one and it was absolutely brilliant. It's that or a sticky toffee pudding. Tiramisu. Oh, I, I, I know it's not, I mean, it's quite a popular one, isn't it? But I don't really like tiramisu. I don't like coffee based desserts. You heard it here first. Save <laughs> me a little chat with Denise. <laughs> I know you. Uh, right, so let's do this full episode of Raw because we have to. So I didn't like this episode. I thought this nope. was a terrible episode. And Raw's been pretty bad recently, but I don't know. They usually pull something out of their arseholes for the go-homes of Royal Rumble. Not for the go-home mania, as you would expect. That, that's, that never happens. But I thought for this one they would. But even without that expectation for a big go-home episode, they delivered nothing and actively frustrated me. So as sort of like an overall thought of Raw, I actually, I'm impressed by WWE. I, I really am. And I was thinking about this the whole show. I'm actually impressed by WWE. And I think they deserve enormous credit for having the largest talent pool in the entire world and somehow book the most repetitive show in the world. It is what it's Groundhog Day, man. Like I've got some stats of like the amount of times we've seen the same people having matches like week in and week out. And I just find it's actually, it's impressive to book a show that's this repetitive when you have so much to your, like, to, to hand. Yeah. Uh, I, well, let's, let's dive into it. Uh, it started off with Drew McIntyre making his, his triumphant return. Showing. Yeah, it does. It goes a little swing at the start. I never realized it before, but I was typing in my notes that he came out. And he, I was like, he, he's got the kilt. He's got the sword. He really should save this stuff for pay-per-views. And I just wrote down the swing sound. And I was like, oh, yeah. this is what I'm going to do for every Jew entrance. Showing. It's a reference from 1991. I'm sure that'll hold up 20 years later. 30 hey, years later, in fact. Way more in date than any of WWE's pop culture references. Hey, God, I, they made a reference to Kong versus Godzilla. They got the name wrong, but they got they you know they made a reference to it. So, and that trailer only came out on on Sunday, man. So you know that's within twenty four hours. I haven't seen it yet. Have you not, dude? Oh, it's great, man. It's really, really oh, good. After this, Mecha Godzilla is like right at the start. It's wicked. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, he. I, I thought Drew came across excellently here. He was sincere. He talked about his COVID diagnosis and how we can all get through it together. Like this, this is a babyface champion. Like responsible, mm -hmm. I, I look up to the guy. Yeah, yeah, it was really nice. Well, like he came out and he talked, you know, very openly about, uh, you know, suffering from COVID. And we said this like at the time when, you know, he was diagnosed and he was self-isolating, that it felt like it was a Drew call. And this again feels like it's a Drew call that he was like, I want to go out there and I want to talk about this. I don't want to just shy away and hide from it. I want to go out there and be like, this is what has happened to me. And I can use my position of not power, not authority, but you know, like you said, like you look up to him and like there are people that do look up to him. So I can use that position to be like, 
look, stay safe, wear your masks and things like that. So yeah, it's it just makes me love him even more. Yeah, and especially that no one else says the words COVID <laughs> apart yeah. from Drew Clay. Yeah, lends credence to that theory that it is all McIntyre. But the segment got quite annoying, unfortunately, when Miz and Morrison came out, they did their usual shtick. He's going to win uh, the title with his money in the bank cash in. Goldberg came out. Uh, he, I thought we were getting another joke appearance then, like from Gilberg. But Goldberg comes down. He simply says, you, me, Sunday, you're next. And then rather than beat up each other, they chuck Miz and Morrison into the ring. Morrison gets a spear from Goldberg and no, Miz gets a spear and Morrison got a, a claymore from Drew. And that's it. That's your yeah. big go home angle. So this was the episode where they really needed to do something to make it. You can't like they did the right thing by taking Drew off TV, obviously, because he got the COVID diagnosis and that that sucks. But you've got an episode here to give some intrigue. It almost felt like an afterthought just put in at the start of the show, which is traditionally when most people are watching. But this didn't feel that big time. No, this felt like it was week two of a storyline as opposed to the last week before you have the match. And, it, it, you know, I know some people really do think that Drew's, uh, Goldberg's winning, but I think Drew is 100% retaining this coming mm. Sunday because it doesn't feel like Goldberg has any momentum to win. I mean, neither did he when he beat Kevin Owens or The Fiend, but I suppose that happened, I guess. Yeah, well, we'll have to see. I'm optimistic too. I I'm optimistic as I'm optimistic as well because of the way the commentary were putting over the match. Like when Goldberg was making his entrance, they were saying like every time Goldberg returns, he wins the title. Drew might be the first person to stop that. And I'm like, that makes me think that the commentary is putting over that idea that, that Drew is going to be the person to kind of stop. The, he's going to end this new streak, which again, could have been a really fun storyline to tell over four weeks, but they've told it in one segment. We've got our prediction stream tomorrow, same time tomorrow. So subscribe and enable notifications to always on to know when that goes live first. Uh, so uh, yeah, after that, after the initially good Drew McIntyre bit, and then uh, there's a bit rubbish when Goldberg came out, we got one of the worst <laughs> segments in in sort of recent memory, both from a booking perspective in that Charlotte's overexposed, the match is repetitive because, of course, we got Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax, Mandy Rose, Dana Brooke. Uh, it doesn't make sense because Asuka never came out to help Charlotte, and even though they're tag team champion partners. So, like, just from a logic booking perspective, it was rubbish. And then on top of that, there were two botches that totally derailed the, the narrative. It's so incredibly repetitive. All of this, man. And like, uh, Sean and Denise brought this up on the Fightful Review, which is something that I, I never really thought of, but they're absolutely right. They said, she, he's absolutely right. Why don't they just book the six man? Like, why bother having the, the match between Charlotte Flair and Shayna Baszler if the very first thing you're going to do is have Nijax walk in and do a DQ? Like, what did that accomplish? That is actually just a complete waste of time. You may as well have just had the six man or the six woman from the start and just play the match out for longer. I think it's, and I don't agree with this. I much prefer AEW's way of booking where they just give you the six man straight up. I think that's a good way to protect people uh, and keep those singles matches special. WWE, I think is like, well, we can promote Charlotte versus Shayna 
three hours beforehand on Twitter. That's a big time singles match. Maybe that will get people to tune in. But you're then just smacking those people over. Exactly. With no intention of delivering it because this company doesn't care about delivering on its promises. So just to recap everything that happened in this this segment in case people haven't seen it. It was originally meant to be Charlotte versus Shayna. That match went under a minute because Nia Jax interfered when Shayna looked like she was going to tap out to the figure four. Uh, Shayna and Nia started beating up Charlotte. Asuka didn't run out, her tag team champion partner, but uh, Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke did, who had been feuding with Jax and Shayna. While this was all scuffling, Lacey Evans also jumped in to attack Charlotte because they're feuding. Hey presto, six-man tag. The actual six-man tag... Uh, was sort of botched almost immediately where Shayna and Charlotte fell out of the ring, weirdly as well. Like it looked yeah. like Shayna just bumped her head on the apron and walked around dazed for a bit. The referee counts them out, which wasn't meant to happen. Everyone looks confused. Ad break, come back from ad break. Adam Pierce has restarted the match. Nobody knows what they're doing still. Like Shayna's just on the apron, like, uh, what? Jax is totally lost. Uh, and then they rush to the finish where Jax hits this powerbomb chokeslam thing on Dana Brooke, which, and, and yeah, which looked, it looked bad. Yeah, dropped her right on her head. Absolutely just right on her head. Absolutely sucked for Dana Brooke. Apparently, apparently she was 100% okay. It was just a nasty looking spill, but it was a heck of a nasty looking spill. And, you know, we are a month two months review like removed from her taking out injuring mandy rose that was only a couple of months removed from her taking out Kyrie sane which was only a couple of months removed from her knocking out Kyrie sane it's just it's just a lot of yeah uh, 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 man there's only so many times you could talk about it really you know i go back to the the, the quote that brian alvarez had someone you know one of his sources within wb were just like she she does need to go i if you go back to that first Kyrie Sane injury, I think I was here being like, hey guys, go easy on Jax. You know, this, I, I didn't think it looked bad. And then, you know, more stuff came out. And I think I've always been in the more defending camp of Jax because I think a lot of the, she's like, if she does something wrong, and if any woman does something wrong, it seems it's called up. They're called out on it more. But for Remember whatever. Bella? Like when yeah. Brie Bella did something, like Brie Bella like made one mistake and everyone like hounded her on social media where like she is she was a wrestler that made a mistake. I think if you are a woman in wrestling and you do make an error, then you are more susceptible to like mass criticism for making those mistakes. Sasha Banks to this day, like if she yeah. does something slightly wrong, everyone jumps on her. I'm like, but <laughs> but my okay. problem with, I, I don't know what's happened, but something's just changed in my head where I'm like, maybe maybe it's that Keith Lee and Otis were sent down to the performance center to work on on how they wrestle. And Jax still wrestles with, with sort of, well, maybe she is getting extra lessons. If so, that's even more worrying because she is, she's not improved. And it's like I said last week on the AEW stream on a show that was full of botches that I don't really look at botches. I, I'm more into the stories and characters. What I meant by that, because it probably sounds inconsistent is that, I don't mind when people get stuff wrong. When people get, do botches that could hurt someone, that's that's totally different. In fact, most safe moves take me out of the match because I'm like, oh, is someone hurt? You know that that's what gets that's what takes me out of a match more than anything. So yeah, I've sort of sort of 
lost patience with Jax now. I, I, I can't really enjoy her her work in any way. I thought she was doing some fun heel stuff beforehand, but not anymore. And I feel like she is just going through the motions these days. Like this last, I don't know, since she came back, I suppose, it just feels like she's got no passion for it. Like this team with, like, I think she's, she's doing some funny stuff backstage, you know, the stuff with her and Baszler when they do backstage promos is quite funny. But as an actual, like, in ring worker, it just feels like she's got no passion in it whatsoever, which is just dragging Baszler down. And it's like, it's making Baszler look worse. And when you've got someone as talented as Shayna Baszler, that just totally sucks for her. And like, and it sucks for us fans as well who want to be able to see the proper Shayna Baszler, which I would argue we've yet to really have on the on the main roster. I know there was that elimination chamber sort of domination, but like, no one liked that elimination chamber domination because they booked it so weird. She bit Becky Lynch's neck. What are you talking? And it was about? rubbish. It was <laughs> so. After that, we got another repetitive match. Xavier Woods took on a member of Retribution. Granted, he hasn't faced Slapjack yet, but he might as well have. And uh, Slapjack actually lost this time. Retribution have two up on Xavier Woods, but their interference backfired. Well, he's the small guy, so you can beat him. Can't beat the big ones, but you can beat the small ones. They're the easy ones to beat. So, mm. yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it doesn't make sense for the story, really, because surely the storyline should be that Retribution keep beating Xavier Woods while he's on his own, but then his tag partner returns. And now, he, because, I mean, Woods has beaten Retribution now, right? Like, he's he's already beaten one of them. So he's it, it's it, the storyline now isn't quite as good as it once was. Yes. Uh, but you've got to protect people and also <laughs> do nothing to build them up. Uh, but this, it was just filler really but what was good afterwards was ali got into the ring sort of directed a beat down of xavier but then ali holds up a chair and he's gonna hit woods in the sort of execution mode but then he so he just puts it down instead and sits on it and says like look i've shown you mercy here so you can go to kofi and say i will be replacing him in the rumble match i thought that was very effective and that that really is good. a story that they're telling very well and it's got real substance to it and I, i'm now looking forward to kingston's return yeah exactly and that, which is why it kind of the, the slapjack loss kind of frustrates me the more because the storyline has actually been pretty decent mm. it's i said it last week it's the first retribution storyline that's made sense and i'm all for that and like retribution targeting woods because of what kofi did just makes that like you want to see kofi return and so they can get their revenge so woods beating slapjack kind of like is counterintuitive to that in my mind, like it's and like Xavier was kind of loses nothing by being beaten by Slapjack, but he also gains nothing by beating Slapjack. So yeah, it, it's yeah. I, so unfortunately, that that kind of took me out of it. But I do think it is a pretty good storyline, really. After that, we got Riddle and our Truth in one of his four appearances on this episode with a. I thought it was comedy. I guess some version of comedy. Uh, and then we got the Hurt Business's VIP lounge where they presented a gift to MVP for all the great work he's done for them. And it's a sort of gold chain that has THB, the Hurt Business initials on it. And our truth comes out and he's like, oh, you got me a birthday present because that stands for truth. Happy birthday, which I, I'm annoyed I laughed at. <laughs> I, I did laugh at it. <laughs> Uh, but this, 
I, I don't like any of this, really, because Cedric and Shelton are still in fighting. I want the Hurt Business to be a good faction. And then all the 24-7 guys run in, so that's nonsense. And then Riddle, who's supposed to be the babyface in all this, sneaks in, hits a neon MVP and runs away. Like, they just won the tag belts. Just let them be a tag team for a bit. And then, like, you can start doing all, like, the, the infighting and stuff. I, but, yeah, I'm with you. I want to see the Hurt Business on the same page. There are such a good, you know, like, when they came out, god damn, did they look good. Even though Shelton was wearing his mask and then realized he was wearing his mask, took it off, and then mouth OS. Can't really realize that he hadn't done it. But they just look so good together. The way they hold their belts. Like, they're the only group in wwe that can make standing in a row look good <laughs> no one else in wwe can do it because it looks so contrived but they make it look awesome trait and championship gold as well oh, it's a great look uh then we got more truth backstage he is booked against aj styles in a sort of royal rumble qualifier by adam pierce smackdown main eventer adam pierce uh, whatever, I guess that's how they're filling AJ's time. Wouldn't it be good to give him an actual story? Uh, but his then... story is his story is that he's getting momentum to go into the Rumble. He's got three wins like behind him at the moment, you know. So he's he's kind of like showing that, and they're putting over on commentary. He's the only one on com like they put over on commentary that's got a win loss record. You know, he's like twelve and one since he came to Raw or something like that. So I think that's his story. It means so much to beat nobodies. <laughs> People who aren't good enough to get in the match you're going to be in. I am trying to find something. So I, if I can find something that I can praise, then that I'm going to latch on to that. Well, let's latch on to this next segment because this was my favorite thing on the show. I think Seamus is doing some of the best in-ring work of his career. I've always been a fan of Seamus's in-ring stuff. Like I just love how he's got about eight finishes. And he had... I thought a bloody good match with John Morrison here. He did have a bloody great match with John Morrison here. My quibble I've got with this is that, and I did go and look at this, five out of the last eight weeks have featured a match between Seamus and John Morrison. And this so like feel different. But so but yeah, I'm sick of seeing it, man. Like this is what I mean by having this most stacked roster and booking the same bloody matches every single week. I've seen these two. I've seen Sheamus beat Morrison. I've seen Morrison beat Sheamus. I've seen Sheamus beat Miz. I've seen Miz. I've just I've seen it, man. Even though they're having really good matches, but they had a really good match the first time they did it. But have you seen it, Luke? Back to back, because what we got here was. Uh, Seamus beat John Morrison and then Miz said hey now I, I want to go to and Seamus being a hothead agreed and just lost to Miz's skull crushing finale I got, I've written here, is, is there been, has there been another outbreak of COVID that we just don't know about? Are they so understaffed at the moment that everyone is pulling double and triple duty? That's what I thought I mean, but the th I, I, you don't want to speculate too much but most people, if if there's a COVID outbreak, you'd assume some of the people would have longer lasting effects, not not just like a self-isolating thing. So, yeah, it felt like a, a roster light show in that a lot of people were doing like two matches or three matches. Truth was in every other segment. Yeah, that's what I mean, man. It felt like this was like, you know, half day. Uh, after that, we get Ric Flair backstage. Charlotte also got a bunch of segments on this show. He's doing that raunchy, here's how you do a back grapple to Lacey Evans. And Charlotte comes in. She's 
sad that Ric Flair is doing this. She says she's not the bad guy. And then Lacey jumps her from behind and escorts Rick out. Cool. <laughs> I've got, I've got, I've got nothing to add on this. I, apart from, I don't think Charlotte's a good actor. Uh, but yeah, it's, um, it, it was a segment. Yeah, you know, she's the tag team champion with Asuka. I do forget that a lot. Yeah, like, where is she in Asuka's quote unquote storyline, and where's Asuka in, in Charlotte's storyline? Then we got the AJ versus our truth do you know match. Do you know they're defending the belts on Sunday? Mm. I, I actually, on, yeah. I actually forgot. Until I was like looking at the Rumble card. And I was like, oh, yeah, that is happening, isn't it? Then we got AJ beating our truth in a few minutes, made him tap in the calf crusher. They had that spot where they sort of, it was quite good. AJ was like, oh, I'm going to win the Royal Rumble. Uh, the Rumble community. <laughs> and he goes to throw truth out and truth reverses it and throws AJ out. And AJ's great at acting, sort of that outrage face that he does. But yeah, he won there. Then we got a, a weird segment where Randy Orton does the same promo that he opened last week's Raw with and like the entire thing. And I was like, is this a different promo? It was the same one, wasn't it? It was the same well, they, one. It was. They had a graphic that said last week. So we had a recap of Randy Orton watching recaps. We then cut to Alexa Bliss, who's watching the recap of Orton watching the recaps, and then she has some recaps of her own. Yeah, so that's ridiculous enough in itself, and probably the headline ridiculousness, right? Um, the, the thing that bugged me here was that Bliss was backstage in that sort of performance center backstage area. It's not performance center, but they've got a ring set up and a few LED screens. And Bliss was sitting there with her play set and the swings and the canvas was done like AstroTurf and they had her Alexa's playground graphic on the big screens behind her. And I just thought, man, the Fiend wouldn't have done that, would he? Or, or Bray Wyatt's Firefly Funhouse. He wouldn't have gone to all of the production staff and helped them dress the ring and made sure the right graphics were uploaded to the computer so he could play it on the on the TVs behind them. Wouldn't it have been way more interesting if she was doing all of this from the funhouse. Yes. And like the funhouse no longer has Bray Wyatt in it. Like, what does the funhouse without like how does Alexa Bliss interact with Rambling Rabbit and Sister Abigail when Bray's not there? Like, isn't that a way more interesting idea than just them a Bliss being in a generic sort of the generic interview area, but with a swing set? So much potential there. Like, what would the voices be? Surely they wouldn't be Bray's voices. Would she have a Bray Wyatt doll that she did? Yeah. Have? Would Nikki Cross be a puppet in it? Like, what other what other puppets from Alexa's own history? could be in there so much so much stuff but they've gone the the lazy supernatural mumbo jumbo undermining of just believability route instead uh after that we got the gauntlet match where matt riddle had to sort of defeat all the members of the hurt business apart from lashley to get another shot at the u.s title that he'd already wanna, decisively lost do you want a fun fact <sighs> you've got to go back to uh the 30th of november to have a match between Riddle and someone not in the Hurt business. Yep, so what happened here? Shelton's in first. Cedric tried to distract the referee to help Shelton, but actually 
ended up missing Riddle being visibly pinned. Great job for Riddle. <laughs> visibly tapped to Lashley and then got beaten by Lashley and then got beaten by Shelton too behind the referee's back. Terrible, terrible babyface booking. Uh, but Sheldon gets eliminated there. MVP's eliminated immediately because of some more chaos. And then the Cedric comes in, has a few minutes. It's really good. But then Cedric gets pinned. Yeah. Uh, the, the, I think the, I, I really enjoyed sort of Riddle and Benjamin working together. Like I thought that was really mm -hmm. fun. And Riddle working with Cedric was, was really fun as well. But like the Seamus thing, I've, I've seen it, man. Like that's now, that's eight eight solid weeks where they've essentially had like 10 matches of riddle versus the hurt business. And this, like this seems to be the hurt business curse, the, the curse business where mm -hmm. like they just, they feud with one person and just have matches with them every single week for a couple of months. And then the feud ends. And like, it was ricochet. It was Apollo Crews, And now it's Matt Riddle. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm ready to move on to something else. And apparently I'm not moving on to something else because this feud is continuing because Riddle's getting another shot against Lashley. And what a way to build it. Lashley right. comes down and, and makes him like beats up Riddle again. So that's all terrible. Then we got the edge promo. Then we got Asuka versus Bliss in the main event, just because we didn't really touch on it in the opening. We did a bit. Uh, Bliss did have a really, I, I, <sighs> I thought the first part was good because it was just a normal wrestling match. But then Bliss is suddenly on a rocking horse in the middle of the ring before commercial. And the commentators are just... this. I think this was the quote. Well, that's perplexing. <laughs> you just saw a, a rocking horse materialize in front of your eyes. Why should I believe a single thing you say about wrestling now? I mean, in their defense, it was perplexing. It was. Could uh, you but... could you think of another word to use to describe a rocking horse materializing out of nowhere? It is perplexing. Yeah, yeah. It kind of unwrites everything we know about how the reality works. She I would say it's costume. a bit of an undersell. <laughs> she changed costume last week. Like she is, she is perplexing. Yes. Oh, you don't remember when they used to give everyone nicknames like the <laughs> the perplexing Alexa Bliss, Perplexa Bliss. <laughs> <laughs> that is how you can get around you not alerting your Alexa, your Amazon Echo by <laughs> Perplexa. Uh, anyway, she th there's there's a brief moment which I, th I actually liked, despite it having all the same problems as everything else I've said. Uh, and that is Bliss's old music played. And all of a sudden she's wearing her old ring gear, you know, her pre-themed ring gear. And she's crying and she's scared, but she just walks to the opposite corner of the ring in a trance, lights cut down, she comes up and it's emo Bliss. I, I That was really cool. I think she's doing, like, so my reading of this is that she's, she's doing it to sucker people in because this is what she did to Nikki Cross as well. Mm. Um, and like, because you say that she walked across the other side of the ring, she dove out of the way of Asuka trying to attack her. And then she sort of walked. So she kind of did it to like sucker Asuka in so that she could then turn into um, Fiend Bliss so that she could then win the match, which she didn't because Randy Orton caused a DQ question mark because I mean, gave her an RKO and then the show ended yeah. and that was it. Um, 
I, yeah, it's just like I'm 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 kind of over the magic thing. I just I don't think Alexa and Fiend need to be magic characters. Yeah. And it's like as I said, like in a couple of months' time when you've got fans back in the building, whether that's right or wrong, that's you know, uh, that that's a topic for another time. Then like and she doesn't do this as a fan, I'd be like, why aren't you doing that thing anymore? Like you've got the ability to to change, to like literally change gimmicks, and you can like get a rocking horse out of nowhere to distract you. Why aren't you doing that anymore? Mm. Yeah. So overall, I gave this the worst rating. I was one out of four. Yeah, it wasn't a great show. Um, yeah, pretty just boring. Like it's it's the it, it's remarkable. It's the same roar as last week, which was remarkably the same roar as the week before, which again was the same roar as the week before that. It's, it is. It's incredible that this company also does SmackDown. Someone messaged me about this today. It was like, has Fox got creative control over SmackDown? So I was like, no, it's it's still one guy. It's still Vince. But for whatever reason, that show's great. And this show isn't. It's it's actually quite, it, as I said in the start, they're an impressive company for, for nothing if if that. Um, and, you know, Twitter actually was in agreement, um, really. You know, 34.5% towards poor, 26.6% awful. But that 31.4% for good. And a few 300 people think it's good. 300 people. Dude, like some people thought it was excellent. Like, not just good. It was excellent. Honestly. Well, I'll tell you what is excellent. It's going to be this Sunday. The Royal Jamble live reactions. Where, very shortly, I'm going to do the contract signing with Mr. Laurie Blake for our championship match. But that's not okay. the only thing on the Rumble stream. We also have the first ever Royal Jamble match. Play the trailer, producer Monkey Rich. Oh, she's a beauty, isn't she? And she's mine. That map behind me, that's the world I'm gonna dominate. Because I'm the inaugural Jam That Champion. I'm the first ever successful defender of the Jam That Championship belt. I predicted a perfect card, a TLC. So why do you think you can beat me? Um, multi-time Quizzlemania champion. The predictions king. I've won Quizzlemania, I don't know, four times. Just trying to find a nice way of rephrasing that I'm the draw. The youngest person to ever win Quizzlemania. Pete, knock off me. I'm Canadian. I'm a former Wrestle League winner. Um, I wear a mask. Luke, also a knock off me. My head is so huge. Tempest, a knockoff me. There's got to be something useful in there. The only man who has dethroned Mr. Davis. I'm a journalist. Masks are in this year. Uh, oh, I wrote a book. Andy wishes he was a knockoff me. Hang on, I'll get it. Don't worry, I'll get it. I've actually had a wrestling match. Everybody knows how great the Ollie Authority has been. No, you can't watch it. No one can watch it. And then you've got Adam, Annie Lennox, who talks about wrestling. It's time for the new blood. Corporate shopper, killing it. Here's the book I wrote. Harry Potter quiz champion. I've never kidnapped anyone. Corporate shopper gets his time. I've had three separate shows all get cut by WrestleTalk. I'm super trustworthy. I want to get paid to watch the Royal Rumble, I guess. And I have a dog. For the jam, that's...
Championship. So come this Sunday at the Royal Jamble. The Royal Jamble. At the Royal Jamble. It's my destiny to win the Royal Jamble. Well, who else are you going to trust to put on the WrestleMania main event? Can I get a yes, please? <gasps> and what's this? I spy behind me. Balls. That's right. Your fate will be decided by my balls. And even if you've got that one, you haven't got a chance. This Sunday, the 31st of January on WrestleTalk's Royal Rumble live reaction stream. Two jambles, 60 numbers, 10 competitors, where the winning numbers get to fight for the championship at WrestleJamia. Subscribe to WrestleTalk for the Royal Jamble this Sunday. won't need to win the rumble because by then we'll already be the champion and everything will be fake at all right little recap there of what's going to happen i'm mr davis welcome back to the raw review stream where just for a bit, just to get this out of the way, I'm joined by Laurie Blake, my challenger for this Sunday for the Jam That Championship belt. And uh, see, so you've got the contract. I have, Mr. Davis. I'm just checking it for any shenanigans about ladders, technicalities you might try to catch me out on, rules you may bend to keep the championship, also making sure that my automatic rematch clause is in here. So even if I don't win, I can just challenge again and again until everything is fakeador. Also, another thing, nice of you to send me the contract in Spanish so I can read it, but drag being Spanish for contract. So that's well, good. Thank you. Um, should, we, should we get this over with? I think everything is clear in this nice Spanish contract. It's quite a lot of it. Yeah, so just... A lot uh, of pictures of washing machines in this one as well. Just to go over what we're doing. Overall, the overall predictions for this Sunday's Ram uh, Royal Rumble is between me and you for the championship. And I'm going to retain. Mm. But also, there's going to be two Royal Rumble matches, the Royal Jambles, which will decide who faces the championship come WrestleMania night one and two. Wrestle Jamia. No ladders, no stipulations. It's just a straight-up one-on-one match. No wiggle room for you. Um, quick question by the contract. Um, I I was just supposed to circle the one that described me the best here, wasn't I? Yep, I've gone yep, for unstable. Right. Yep, good. Okay, cool. So let's just sign these, and then I'll see you tomorrow on the prediction stream. Same yes. time. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, and we'll make good. our predictions. And then those predictions will count towards our scores at the Royal Rumble Live Reactions. Yes, you've described the general process of what we normally do, but you've described it in a way that puts me on edge. I've signed my contract. Hmm. 
well, I do want the championship. Otherwise, everything can't be fake at all, which is like my whole thing. So I guess I'll uh, do that. There we go. Signed. Oh, it seems like you didn't read the Udstark contract properly, because if you just flick past the shelving units and the instructions for assembling the mechanism that lets them slide out really smoothly in the soft close, I think you'll find another little stipulation there. And that's a cause that bans Laurie Blake from attending the prediction stream tomorrow. How are you gonna how are you gonna get your predictions in if you can't be there, Laurie? Hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna retain again. Oh, and he goes. <laughs> you can see the rest of my flat now. Get me on the right side. How about that tomfoolery? You dastardly, dastardly human being. How villainous of you. Watch out for the claws. Oh. Contract claws. I'm coming for you like a cat. God, I hope I win the jamble. I hope I win the jamble. Nah, Either one of them will be fine. I just right. want to point out as well, in that trailer that we did... Um, this guy was the only one here that actually got praised by producer Rich uh, when he put it together because I did the best take out of everyone. One of the mate is given praise to everyone. I, I did have to do it twice because I, I didn't frame it correctly the first time around and it wasn't in focus, but I did get, I was the only one to hit all the marks. The only one to hit location, date, time. I was the only one to put over all those information. Not well, anyone else. Everyone else to do those twice because they missed all that. Tomorrow... We'll all be on it, apart from Laurie, because he's contractually banned. Uh, but at least we can do the Rumble predictions with my balls. Oh, the Royal Jamble. A match of my own creation. Right. So let's get into all of your hyper chats. Uh, Last call for them, wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one of them. TJ Deacon, I knew the Randy spot was happening with Playground Bliss still on the poster for the Rumble pre-match, but expected that last week. If they are wanting a Bliss win, she got to be number 30 with the gimmick changes rather than have fiendish Bliss from the start. I did see someone like predict that we could get like all three versions of Alexa Bliss in the Rumble, like including like Goddess Bliss and and Playground and Fiend Bliss, which I think actually be it's quite interesting. You know, we haven't sort of had that for quite some time. So yeah, I, I mean, I'd I'd be quite for that really. Black Adam. So wrestling fans love the Fiend stuff and whatever the hell that was in the main event, but complained enough to where AEW made Matt Hardy drop his broken gimmick because it was too hokey and Miss WrestleMania. Who has ever called her that? <laughs> WWE have, because she has got a pretty good like WrestleMania streak. Um, I think that, I mean, I don't know if I, I'm not going to speak for everyone, but I think you and I have been on the same, we've probably had the same opinion of the Bliss stuff that we did for the Hardy stuff in AEW, which did not work for me at all. Yeah, we're also down on the uh, Fiend stuff. I think when anything becomes fully supernatural, it undermines the real stuff on your show. For WWE, it's kind of all undermined all the time anyway. But with AEW, it doesn't work from the offset. And they were smart enough to realize that. Do you remember when people got like really defensive about it? Being like, no, it was just Vanguard 1 projecting him. And I was like, that still makes it rubbish. Like It still doesn't make it make sense. 
Michael Lather, imagine since fighting the Fiend, it brings you back to your character roots. Maybe Edge asks Lita instead of Beth. <laughs> Don't think that's happening. You guys are amazing, and your show is the thing I look forward to the most since I got laid off. Thanks for what you doing what you do. I'm sorry to hear that, Michael. Yeah, really sorry to hear that. Uh, but yeah, I think we've got probably more chance of it being Beth Phoenix than it being uh, later, I'm afraid. Nate S. Hey, fellas, I'm back after a short hiatus. Good to watch live again. Unfortunately, it's a Raw stream. Seems like my plan of not watching Raw and letting you guys tell me how crap it is is working out great, LOL. Hate that they are announcing number 30. But they've done that like quite a few times, you know, of who the number 30 spot is going to be. Like people used to like have matches to be the number 30 entrance. Like I don't, I don't mind it. Like it doesn't bug me to, to any huge degree. I think it, it's sometimes it's better because you don't have that pent up expectation throughout the entire match. It takes the pressure off. Rey Mysterio probably wouldn't have been booed if everyone knew it was going to be him coming out in 2015. Brett J. Rasmussen, you know what is perplexing? That WWE has such a deep roster, but choose to have multiple wrestlers pull double, triple duty like Riddle, that horrible woman's match, and so on. But why am I not surprised? What a bad and boring episode of Raw. Love you guys. Love you too, mate. But yeah, it was a pretty boring episode. I just, to, to play devil's advocate and maybe give them an out, um, COVID, you know? Maybe that there is a reason that these rosters are limited. I'm also going to go uh, doubly on that. It's COVID, and it's a three-hour show. I think if if Raw was two hours, it would not feel as repetitive, um, and you probably wouldn't need everyone to do like triple duty. Uh, Michael Dominguez says, um, putting these bad predictions out in the universe so Vince can't use all of them. Roman loses, enters the Royal Rumble, and wins. Jinder wins the Royal Rumble. Miz wins and has two WrestleMania matches. Goldberg wins, Lesnar wins Royal Rumble, and ends streak at WrestleMania. Yeah, we didn't talk about them. Like, you know, Miz said that he is cashing in this Sunday. So there is still every chance that no matter what happens with Drew and Goldberg, it is still going to be the Miz holding the title at the end of the day. Or maybe that's how Goldberg is protected in defeat. Miz accidentally cashes it in where he becomes a three-way Drew pins Miz. Yeah, and then you can have Miz say that I didn't mean to cash it in, and that's how he gets the briefcase back. Uh, a series of uh, Chinese and Japanese characters. I think it's good, WW. Oh, no, you're doing these chats. I, I did, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't want to just, you know, you're the boss here. I wasn't just going to be like, oi, stop it. I was, uh, you know, I was just going to let you run with that. Um, I think it's good, WWE, are going the UFC route by licensing to a bigger platform to get a casual audience. The $1 billion sounds impressive. When you break down their current revenue, 1.5 million subscribers at $10 a month, 180 million a year, 900 million over five years. Oh, dude, like the Peacock deal is such a win for WWE. Like it is a, a huge win. It's also a big win for Peacock in a way, really, because what I mean, it is because like, if you know, we've all been subscribed to the network now for, uh, you know, how has it been like six, seven years? So like, and we've all been paying like 10 bucks a month to do it. So in theory, what they're hoping for is that 80% of the network subscribers in the US are all just going to go over to Peacock and you've just got them on a rolling subscription contract is giving you $10 a month every single month until the end of time. So it feels like a bit of a win, really. It's a win for both parties, but in particular, it's a win for WWE. Uh, the maths doesn't work out for Peacock for uh, for them to monetize anywhere near that billion dollar route. But I don't. I think they're looking at it even longer term. Hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, Chris Blatt, hey guys, I'm making a bold prediction. Final six in the Rumble should be Styles, Keith Lee, Sheamus, Brian, Nakamura, and Cesaro. They have 10 minutes of these guys showing why they are the best. It comes down to Nakamura versus Cesaro versus Brian versus Keith Lee. I, I would love that too. There's no chance of that happening, unfortunately. I, you know what? I don't think. I mean, they're, they're really going ahead with like Cesaro and Nakamura and Brian on the SmackDown <laughs> side of things. So I, I can see them making it into like the final lot of the of the match. Uh, Benjamin John Milne says, if you could have anyone on the roster to win the Rumble and go on to have a big push, who would you want? Mine is Shelton Benjamin because he's the gold standard. Women's to be Ember Moon because she's Ember Moon. Uh, I would say Keith Lee. I think he's, they, yeah. Or, or Ricochet. I, I don't know. Like they've had so many people who I thought were can't miss and they've spectacularly missed. Yeah, Keith Lee would be my pick as well. Amro, do you guys still think they're going to do the new Fiend? Wouldn't uh, They wouldn't debut it at the Royal Rumble, right? Seems like kind of a waste. I also remember when Luke said Jamble for the first time during one of the live, stream, uh, live streams made me laugh so hard. I don't think it's a waste of the Rumble. Like, it's you know, it's the second biggest show of the year. I mm. think it's a pretty big deal. Yeah, good time to bring him back, if anything. Uh, my prediction, no new look. I, I said that right from the get-go, that there'll be no different thing. Uh, Wilson Simons, it's a SmackDown question. Do you think that Nakamura would be getting the Kofi Kingston treatment if there were live crowds? Uh, maybe. But Nakamura's yeah. already had that sort of go at the title, whereas Kofi never really had. Um, Lewis De Silva says, screw this human pro wrestling. It's all about kaiju pro wrestling with that epic Godzilla versus Kong trailer. OMG, this is life. Best mm -hmm. creative booking. By the way, that's not Godzilla. Um, yeah, I love the trailer. Dude, the trailer's so, so great. Shame King of Monsters was garbage. I, yeah, I mean, I need to, I'm going to rewatch it. Actually, I said to my wife, I was like, I really want to rewatch like all three movies in the lead up to Godzilla versus Kong. She was like, I've not seen King and Monsters, so I'll watch that with you, but I'm not watching the 2014 one with Aaron Taylor-Johnson. I'm not going through that again. She, she did not like that. Movie. That one's amazing. I know. That's what I said, but she didn't, lo she didn't like it much. But she loves Kong Skull Island, and I cannot... Did you see that tweet that went like viral a couple of months ago where someone just did not understand the point of the movie? Because, you know, there's that little bit where the guy who's like, a, you know, he wants to like do his right for the country, and he makes the sacrifice to take out the Skull Digger. But then the guy he just like swipes him and he lands into a um, mountain, blows him up. Someone on Twitter was just like, "What a waste of a character!" Like that mm -hmm. guy, like that. What he made him look like an idiot. I was like, "Yeah, that's the point. It's the point that the sacrifice was not worth it." Anyway, uh, Michael Dominguez. Uh, My name is Ollie Davis. I'm a certified G and a bona fide stud, and you can't teach that. This right here is Big Lou Cohen. He's seven foot tall, and you can't teach that. Bada boom, realest guys in the room. How are you doing? Crikey, I haven't heard that in a while. Uh, yeah, Mr. Davis, thank you very much. And no, I'm not with this jabroni. Hello. Just me. Hello, Mr. Davis. I love watching your raw reviews uh, with my free case of craft beer 52. You're welcome for the promo. Where do I collect my paycheck? Uh, what are yours and Luke's predictions for surprises in the Rumble? Ooh. Uh, well done on the beer 52. Your payment is delicious craft beer. You've already got it. Uh, Predictions for surprises for the Rumble. Gilberg? I think Gilberg's probably, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think, like, who's been there recently? Like, I didn't, I wasn't Arquette. there for Legends Night. Like, Arquette? Oh my God, Arquette would be so amazing. Austin um, who, else, who else was at Legends Night that could probably do a spot? Alicia Fox. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's a, I mean, she's a legend. Carlito. Carlito's a really good shout. Yeah. Kurt Angle. Yeah. 
CM Punk. Charles Berg, um, just wanted to see if you made my pancake recipe. It's okay if not. Uh, it's not like I was super excited to share it with you and I'm anxiously awaiting <laughs> feedback. Also, just want to give a silent prayer to Slapjack, the worst member of an unwanted comedy stable. Uh, I didn't because it uh, contains buttermilk and I don't have any buttermilk and nowhere currently sells it in the UK that I can get my hands on. But I will try it eventually. Chris Jenkins, uh, Leroy Jenkins here. Driving to work this morning, listening to my two favorite guys. Thank you so much for what you do. Love you guys. We love you, Chris. Excuse me. Uh, just know, yes, Ollie, why did you order added to Screw Tempest? Why, Ollie, are you afraid of him? Tempest that Tempest. Ollie, Screw Tempest. Tempest. Screw Tempest. It's not my fault he's self-sabotaged. The guy needs to read up on ECW. Right? Oh, my dude. I, I tuned in, but like, the one that, the two, episode, two episodes ago. I was there going like, it's Raven. It's, it's totally Raven. It's actually Raven. It's so Tempest, Raven. it's Raven. It's, it, that, that's so Raven. It's, it's Raven. Like from the get-go, I was like, that's Raven. And it was painful to watch him go. And lastly, Mandy Savage, uh, I thought my running joke of a baby being entrant number one was over when my water broke on Friday night in 2019. 36 hours of labor later, E-double-M-I-double-M- I double T entered the Royal Rumble of Life. Happy birthday, Emmett. Please start uh, start saying mummy, not Amanda. <laughs> Happy birthday, Emmett. Happy birthday, indeed. Uh, that is all of our hyper chats for today. But you uh, in the live chats will have seen that we have an excellent moderator team. Just some of the best people amongst the WrestleTalk team. Really, really lovely, wonderful human beings. And you're probably thinking to yourself, how could I be one of those awesome, lovely people? Well, you can, because we are looking for new moderators to join our ever-growing, wonderful team. If you're interested, if you fancy being a moderator for one of these live podcasts, then head on over to support at wrestletalk.com. Send us an email. Let us know. Apply to be a moderator today. Join Team WrestleSalk. We would love to have you on board. Yes, do that. Join the mod army. Be full of modichlorians. Oh, we're a great bunch of people to, to work with. So I um I actually listen to the SmackDown podcast that Pete and Andy do. And I know that they don't listen to our podcasts because they still think they're the most listened to podcast of the uh, the lot when they're not. The, the current the current holder the current best podcast is the magazine show followed by AEW so they think that they're still number one and they're not this is purely audio audio tree audio yeah tree? oh yeah audio tree yes which is why I'm telling these people because versions yeah um, oh yeah but very different stories <laughs> very very different story but this was an email that they got in that I have stolen from their podcast so I can read it to you because they're doing a segment on their show that's called Embarrassing Crush Stories. Ooh. So like when you've got, you had a crush on someone when you were a kid and then you did something that you thought was going to be like really romantic, but then it's like, it doesn't work, right? And, it's an and you're embarrassed by the whole thing, yeah? Oh, gone. Okay, so this comes in from Ben. Uh, he says, hi, Randy and Chopper. Hope you boys are well. Here's an embarrassing crush story for you. So when I was 16 and at college, I'm now 37. I worked part-time in a supermarket on the frozen section. One of my colleagues, Tammy, was the most delightful, amazing girl I've ever met. She was gorgeous, loved my, aw 
loved my awful Datsun style of humor, and we were the best of work buddies. The problem was she wasn't into guys and had a girlfriend. Mm. Me being me being young and naive, bracket, is that a valid excuse? I thought I could change that and convinced myself I could win her heart. After weeks of going out to the pub after work, it was obvious she was just never going to be interested. Me, not being one to give up easily, concocted a plan. One day, I deliberately started my shift early. I went to the stockroom freezer. I laid on the floor and placed loads of frozen veg and fish finger boxes all over me as if they would fell on top of me and knocked me over. After 20 minutes of freezing my, my moobs off, in she came. You could see the look of concern on her face as she helped pull me up. To my excitement, I thought I was in with a chance. But no, she immediately got a box of frozen chips and off she went to fill up the chip section. Epic fail. To be fair, we've remained friends ever since and I've confessed to the ploy and we had a good giggle over it. Cheers, lads. Keep up the great work. Stay safe, everyone. Ben Ashmore from Sheffield. What a passive way <laughs> trying to impress a woman. I know, it proper made me laugh. Because it's not like... I know how I'll make her not a lesbian. I'll fall over and then she's bound to fall in love with me and go straight. I'll fake an accident and cover myself with frozen produce. <laughs> it's not really the most romantic. You see, this is the problem. Hollywood, and I was there with you. I, I used to attempt stupid, overly romantic stuff that I'd, I'd learned from the movies all the time <laughs> when I was a teenager. But no, that's not how it goes. Yeah. And it comes so like, creepy. Yeah. And, and you know what? I have a lot of sympathy for Ben as well. He's 37. He's a couple of years older than me, which means he would have been, he would have probably thought, hey, Chasing Amy's told mm. me that a, a lesbian, it's a short term thing. I can probably, this, this, this will probably work. Yeah. Apparently it didn't. Yeah. Sorry, Ben. <laughs> Sorry, Ben. Um, also, had... memories that makes you wake up in the middle of the night as well, or you're just you're having a nice time, and then there it is, that the the Facebook feed of your mind just serves you this old memory. Now you can have a dude. Dude, I've got one of those stories that happened to me when I was about 10, 11. I mean, I've told the story on WrestleTalk After Dark when I went to the cool American kid's house and he invited me over to like <laughs> to sleep over and end up peeing my pants. Um, and it is and it is a story that every now and again I just think of. And just like I'll be driving in my car, like absolutely nothing, like well, maybe, and I'll be like, oh yeah, that thing happened to me, didn't it? It was like twenty-five years ago, actually, but even more than that, it was probably like you know twenty-seven years ago at this point. Every now and again, I'll be like, yeah, that happened to me, though, didn't it? <sighs> also, this last thing comes in from Reese, who says, "I uh, hope you're all well." Just want to say, I was really happy to hear Luke and Ollie talk about Blood on the Clock Tower on the AEW review. One of my last journeys prior to lockdown involved me being taken to an event and playing it for several hours. And then during lockdown, weekly games in, uh, in the London Discord server would highly recommend joining if you're interested. Glad you all had fun. Hope you keep playing. That's from Reese. Oh, yeah. It's such a good game. Can't wait for that to come out on No Rolls Barred. Mm, do you like board games? Um Anyway, that is all we've got time for on this edition of the WrestleTalk Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. You're all tremendous people. We'll be back on Thursday with the AEW review. That it's me and Denise on Friday with the magazine show. And Pete and Andy will be back with their not popular show. Thank you all so much for listening. Well, Take wait, care. Wait, I love we've you. We've got a few more bits. 
like the Roy Rumble predictions tomorrow. Do you know what? I know I know this was the go home edition of Raw, but I totally it did not feel like it was the go home edition for the Royal Rumble. So it has made me forget that yes, the predictions for the Royal Rumble will be out tomorrow. And then we've got the Royal Rumble review uh next Monday. So it's actually a busy old time to be on the podcast. Take care, everyone. I love you. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.